Listen to Sunday Morning Magazine no matter what day it is. Use your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear today. And again, it's part two of our two-part series on parenting a child with a chronic illness. Back in the studio, we had her in last week. She was part of our panel discussion where we talked to four parents that are raising chronically ill children. Sumi is back this morning to share more with us. Welcome back to the show this morning, Sumi. Happy to be a part of it. Okay, so let's talk about this now. Um, let's refresh everyone's memory. Your son. Is- My son is 15 years old and um, in kindergarten at the age of just after his sixth birthday, he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and he has what's considered a moderate to severe case. So he is on some pretty heavy intensive drugs and things and has been for a number of years, but he's he's doing really, really well and um, has he's in great shape and in high school. All right, good. So let's talk about this now. It's been, I think, what? Close to 10 years since his diagnosis? Yes, we just celebrated the ninth anniversary. Okay, good. So what have you learned about yourself and about your son over these last nine years dealing with his chronic illness? Well, one of the things a lot of people say to me is that I don't know how you do it. I'm not that strong. I'm not sure how how you're able to handle all these things that come at you related to this illness. And I, I said, I, my response is always, anybody can handle this. You, everybody has it within them to be able to tackle these things head on. You just have to figure out what your way is of going about things from a day-to-day basis to be able to do this. But it's not, you know, I didn't win a lottery. He didn't win a lottery. It's, it's something that happened to us. It's a curveball. You've just got to figure out how to adjust your game a little bit so that you can hit the ball and keep moving forward. Okay. So what have you learned about your son? Um, he is incredibly resilient. One thing I think with these kids with chronic illness is that they tend to grow up much quicker than their peers. Um, the day-to-day things that a lot of their friends worry about, they worry about a little bit less because they're worried about some of the bigger picture things in terms of their health. He, and he's able to bounce back. I mean, he may be down for five days from school and his ability to bounce back is pretty remarkable and jump back in like he really missed no time at all. Now let's talk about support groups. Some people don't get it. Some people do. Tell me why support groups are so important for parents in particular. So the first couple of years after my son was diagnosed, I thought I wanted support. And I asked at the hospital, the nurses and staff, you know, is there somebody that I can talk to, another parent? And I got a name. And that person also received my name. And they reached out to me a couple of times. Um, but I was not comfortable reaching out, reaching back. I was just too, I think, caught up in things initially at the diagnosis time. And so I didn't reach out to anybody for the first couple of years other than my friends unrelated to Crohn's disease um, and and my family. Then about a couple of years into things, as my son's condition stabilized, I started kind of reaching out again and saying, you know, I think I really do want to actually talk to other people. By then, my son's eight years old. It's something I wish I would have done from the very beginning because I don't think I realized what I was really missing out on until I had – that group of parents and my son had another group of kids that he could relate to that could understand without even talking about the illness what and disease what he was experiencing and what I was experiencing. We didn't even have to talk about Crohn's disease. We didn't even have to talk about the day-to-day stresses and the worries because that parent knew automatically what I was experiencing and living every single day. Okay. So tell me about the support group you're currently involved in. I'm actually in a number of different ways involved um, with support for Crohn's and colitis. Uh, but particularly, I'm involved with the IB Devoted Group, which is a parent-patient support group. It's very informal, and we're heavily affiliated with Cincinnati Children's Hospital. 
Um, but we also do things with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation locally in the Cincinnati area. And we try to get together a few times a year, whether it's for a walk for Cincinnati Children's or a walk for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. It could be something really informal, like let's get our kids together and go to um, you know, a bounce place so the kids can kind of bounce around and have fun or go zip lining while we get together as parents and we talk about topics or issues or concerns that matter to us. And, you know, we might sometimes somebody might bring in a speaker that covers a topic that is something you think you already kind of know you have figured out, but you realize at the end of that conversation, there was more things to learn and grow from as part of being at that event. So let's talk about hidden services. I think a lot I'm finding during the show, you know, the past two shows that, you know, there are a lot of services that are available that parents just don't know about. Let's talk about those. So that's probably one of the hardest things to tap into are those hidden services. As a part of IB Devoted, you connect a little bit more effectively, I think, into Children's Hospital and in terms of some of the different support groups that are there, the financial support is one area that I think there's pretty significant costs associated with having a child with chronic illness. And the financial support person that is directly aligned to the IBD center at the hospital, she's actually been a wealth of information of not just how do I get, how do I pay my bills, but how do I get supplies for different area things that I might need? Or how do I tap into, I've got, for example, I was, my child was given a medicine and I have extra supplies related to that medicine, not the actual drug itself, but just other things related to it or extra needles that we use because that was the way that we administered the medicine. What do I do with the leftovers? Or maybe my child has an ostomy and I have extra ostomy supplies because we were able to reverse it. There are organizations that you can tap into locally that can help you recycle, if you will, or repurpose those materials. So other Mm -hmm. parents, people who can't afford to purchase those things or their insurance doesn't cover it, can have access to those medical supplies. And at the hospital, there's a lot of different people that have that information, but it's finding those people. Who are those people that have that knowledge and that experience? And I think the support group has been such a great way for us to kind of tap into that because while I may not know off the top of my head who to contact or what that organization is, if I put something, we have a private support group on Facebook. If I put a question out there, somebody will undoubtedly answer that question because they may have participated in a conversation with that particular employee that knows that information. So it's it's hidden. It's it's there's not a one-stop shop for all that information. So it's it's really almost like if you imagine a network of of veins and they're kind of tapping in all these different directions and connecting all these different organs together, if you can just tap into that network somewhere along that that vein line, you can get to all those other pieces and bits of data that are hidden in there. Okay. Um, You touched on this a little bit, but, you know, there's a lot of stress when we talk about raising a child with a chronic illness. How do you deal with that? And what advice do you give other parents? I drink a lot of wine. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I don't drink a lot of wine. But I think that from a stress perspective, somebody told me this, and it's really unrelated to even Crohn's disease or having a chronically ill child. When you are particularly a mother, and you go through this process of having a child, whether you birthed your child yourself or you adopted your child, and you're responsible for all this incredible amount of care and really trying to bring this person into the world and raise them up to be as independent as possible and just be a good human being. Um, There's a lot of pressure associated with that, and it can be really exhausting. And that doesn't even factor in the chronic illness piece of it. But a friend of mine always said to me, You've got to take care of number one. 
which is you, before you can take care of number two, number three, number four, number five, and whoever else there is in your life that you are responsible for. So you have to find and make time. And it doesn't have to be, oh, I go to the spa for an hour for a massage or I go get my nails done or I go meet up with my friends and go to a concert. It, it doesn't have to be something that complicated. It could be 10 minutes of self-guided meditation using a YouTube video. But taking that 10 minutes for yourself to really be conscious about what's happening in your world and what's happening in the environment or breathing or whatever the exercise is, um, that I think that self-care is a huge part of relieving stress as a parent, but then also as a parent of a chronically ill child. 10 minutes. That's all it really takes in and a I day. Think- Parents have to get rid of the guilt, you know, of taking time. Okay, you know, I don't have time for this. I think you have to get rid of the guilt of, you know, making time for yourself. If you don't, again, it goes back to if you don't take care of number one, you are number one in your physical universe. If you don't take care of yourself, you will not be as effective taking care of number two, number three, and number four, and so on in your life. And I, it sounds selfish when you say it out loud, but it's, Absolutely, 100% true. And in order to be able to take care of number one, you also have to learn how to ask for help. I have a lot of friends that really struggle with that just in general. Maybe asking a friend to drive your kid in a carpool somewhere. People don't like to ask for help. And I don't know when as a society we got away from that concept because, you know, 100 years ago, people couldn't do things on their own. They couldn't do everything in a day. You didn't have – Fast food. You didn't have ready-made, you know, half-cooked food at the grocery store. You could pick up at Kroger and run home and put in on the stove, and all of a sudden, bam, you have this amazing meal. Things like that didn't exist. You had to rely on others mm-hmm. in order to, you know, keep moving forward and keep that stress level low and, and, you know, happy and balanced. Asking for help is a really, really big part of it. All right. Good. Good advice. Well, we're out of time this morning. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me again. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. More information about the show and chronic illnesses can be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week, be encouraged.